Good morning, church. Good morning, visitor, friends, family. Good morning, city lifers. So grateful for us to be here today. So grateful for what today means in the calendar of the church. So grateful for a lot of things. But I've also realized I haven't introduced myself in a while. So for anyone who's out there and doesn't know, my name is Pedro and I'm the lead pastor here at City Life. And today is so exciting because we start our Advent series for 2020. We start this time of the year, this time in the calendar of the church where we start to prepare ourselves to receive Christ on Christmas Day. See, we start this, this process of preparing ourselves for making room in our hearts to make this Christmas mean Christmas more than it ever has before in our lives. And so we, we, we take this time until November 24th to prepare ourselves. We prepare our minds. We prepare ourselves to understand the consequences of what it means to say, Jesus, you're my Lord. To, say, to understand the consequences of God coming down here on this planet, his creation, and saving us. We prepare our hearts to grasp how wonderful God's plan is. We, we prepare our hearts to say, Jesus, this is too wonderful for me. Thank you for doing this for all of us. For us to understand the good news and that, that the good news to us and all of creation. We also prepare our souls to grasp the fact that we're just human and we need a savior, that we're hurt and broken, that each one of us are uniquely, we uniquely have been made to receive our maker. And so what is it that you have to say to your own soul? soul prepare for the coming of your Christ. We also tell, speak to our spirits and say, spirit, prepare yourself for what it means to step into salvation. For all of us who have confessed Jesus as our Lord, who live out that conviction, and that conviction is genuine, for our spirits to be, I am saved and seated in the heavenlies right now, not because of my merit or value or anything that I've done, but completely for what Christ has done, and that he stands between me and the Father, and I get to be called righteous, not because of myself, but because of what Christ did for me on the cross. And that all starts with his birth, when he first came. We celebrate that God's plan is always, 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 every single time better than the plans that we have. That even though it's usually almost always completely opposite of what we expected or think, but yet every time it is just, it is better than what we could think of. Every single time it is faithful and it points to a loving Christ. That our job from today until November 26 is to prepare everything about us, all the parts of us, everything in us, prepare to meet Jesus for the first time. Traditionally, the church focused on four things to prepare in Advent. We focus on hope, preparation, joy, and love, and we'll focus on those things now, but we, we won't traditionally be looking at it. But for now until Christmas, to prepare ourselves to step into expectation for Christ's birth. Like kids, think about when you were kids. I, I pray that Christmas was always a happy thing uh, when you were growing up. I know for some um, that's not the case. But even if it wasn't for you personally, think about the, the picture of Christmas morning that we have in this country. The building every day, counting down, looking at the calendar, counting down to the gifts, to the time with family, to the, all the food, the friends, the sleepovers, the staying up late or... All of time off of school for me, that was probably the best part. But 
Think about all those things, building, building every day, getting more and more excited. And then that is our job as adults now to pursue Christ every day, be expecting his return, his coming more and more and more and having something build up inside of us. That looking forward to the coming of Christ more and more and more. That our ongoing charge over these next few weeks is to get ourselves ready for Jesus's birth to let this Christmas be the best Christmas for the right reasons that it ever has in your life. So for the next 26 days, we have 26 days to prepare ourselves for Christmas, to allow this Christmas to be the most Christ-filled Christmas we've ever had, to mean it more, to, for it to mean more this Christmas, for us to understand the consequences, the implications to understand what Christ did for us and what he's continually doing in us like never before. And so let, let's pray before we go anywhere. I wanna pray for this Advent season in our church, in the life of all of believers worldwide, that we prepare ourselves to receive Christ and to live more like him in the process. And even for our Advent series here, that we let the book of Malachi shape our expectation in our adoration of Christ. And so please pray with me. Jesus, uh, we love you and we cannot wait for your birth, to celebrate your birth on Christmas. Jesus, I pray that you would, you would begin this process in us right now, Lord, unlocking doors, unlocking understanding, insight, expectation, emotion, unlocking all of the things that you know we need to get in touch with to have this Christmas mean something new, to mean something deeper, for us to be able to connect with the, your birth, your coming, your plan, your narrative of scripture, everything a little bit more deeply. Let this Christmas sink in a little bit more deeply or radically more, Lord, than it ever has before. But whether we are a hundred or we are new, brand new believers, Lord, or people exploring, Lord, that this Advent season would build something in our hearts, in our souls, in our spirits, in our minds, every single part of us, Lord, and it could be working towards generating something magnificent in our lives. Lord, uh, allow this, uh, give us the grace to allow this Advent season mean something new this year. Lord, I pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I was so grateful for us to be together. Let's jump into the word for, our, for us today. Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, like the fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi, and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord." City Life, I am, I'm so excited to start our Advent calendar this year, our Advent series, our preaching series on the Advent. I, I'm so excited that 
that I get the privilege of leading us towards Christmas, getting ready for the coming of our King, getting ready for our Messiah, our best friend, the one who loves our souls to come here, that he came down from heaven, left his throne, left his kingdom, left everything because he loved you and me and had this plan all along. And so I, I love that we get to start here today. And this year for 2020, our Advent series is going to be focusing, out of the, focusing on the book of Malachi, letting Malachi prepare us for the coming of our king. And, and the real purpose of this Advent series is to do two things. This is what we are really going to be focusing on. The first thing and the, and the first and foremost thing of any Advent series is to address our need for a saving Messiah that every Advent is telling us as people that we needed a king to come. We needed a Messiah who would make everything right, who would live the life that you and I know that we cannot and do not live, but that this king would come here and do everything that we couldn't. And so we prepare ourselves to worship the coming of our king, our righteous messenger, our holy Messiah. And the second thing that we, I've been praying that this Advent series really does, the second unique thing about Malachi is that it reacquaint, reacquaints our tired hearts to God's redemptive plan, his mission for justice in his creation. That Advent is also about the building up of expectation of God's righteousness in infiltrating the world, that God's kingdom coming here and being established that will never end, just like all of the promises to King David that one day out of his lineage, a king would come and his kingdom will never end. And so we celebrate that. We pick up that theme again in, in scripture for 2020, a year that has been so difficult, so divisive, so hard, so tiring, and we say, Lord, what does this Advent season prepare us to receive your coming kingdom as well? That this season isn't about the gifts, though that's great. It isn't about even the, the cherished family memories that you build, though that's awesome. I'm looking forward to building some of those myself. Yeah, all those things are good. The hot chocolate, the movies, Home Alone, Die Hard, those classic non-Christmas, but really Christmas movies, that that is all good, but the real meaning the ultimate meaning, the only thing that really matters in this season is that our Christ came here and did all these things for us. And so we look forward to all of the good things. But I pray that this Advent season builds an expectation of you of the most important thing, and it's Christ's coming, Christ's birth here for us. And so why Malachi? That, that's a good question. Malachi... I'm going to say to you, I think, is the perfect 2020 Advent book, the perfect book that points us to our Messiah from the Old Testament. First, right off, first golden nugget of this entire series, the name Malachi means God's servant or servant of God. So right even in the name of this book, it is pointing us back to Christ, saying that there's a messenger on the way. And so what, we're off, we're cooking with fire now. <laughs> we're cooking with grease, as the expression goes. We're, we're on the right track already. But here, this is the story. Let, let's build the context. Let's look at the people. This is why Malachi speaks so perfectly to us. The book of Malachi takes place about a hundred years after Israel returned from, Babel, returned from exile in Babylon. About a hundred years of them being back in Israel, struggling, rebuilding, 
relearning of what it means to follow God and being God's people, if you we remember, if you know God's narrative, is scripture really well, all of the literature when they were in exile was, who are we now that we don't have Israel? Oh, we long for, for Zion. We want to come back. We want to have our temple again. We want to be God's people. What does it mean that Israel was defeated? Is God still who he says it is? And the time of exile was this deep, deep wrestling, not only for them coping with living in a foreign land and, and under foreign rule, but also as God's people, like, what does this mean about us? What does this mean about God? Are we still his people? Is he still good? Is he still supreme? And then they finally get this chance to come back. Read Ezra's story, read Nehemiah's stories of, of getting to go back. The, the struggle it was to rebuild, actually physically rebuild, but what that actually meant in them as a people, as a nation, and their identity, that they want to rebuild the wall, that they want to rebuild the temple, that they're working through all of these things. And so the, this part is such a special, unique, cherished time in Israel's story that they so long to be with their God and they finally got that opportunity. But the, the people that we see in Malachi are not the people that finally got back. The people in, in, in Malachi were not the Disney ending story that we would expect to have in our movies. That didn't happen. What we see in Malachi is this people who I think the best word to use are just tired, tired and grumbling. They're tired of trying to maintain Israel. They're tired of rebuilding. They're tired of seeking after the Lord. And they're actually even worst of all, tired of their God. They're tired of him. They're tired of seeing evil prosper. They're tired of seeing this God who they, in Malachi say, is just ineffective, is neglecting them. They are tired and, the, and that's caused them to go sour, to grumble. We, we hear about this remnant in Israel that's still powerfully searching after God, but as a whole, Israel is just so tired. And, and just even right there, let that speak to where we are right now in 2020, people who are tired. How many of us worldwide, not even just our church, but how many Christians are just, not, are just tired of joining another Zoom call or tired of going to online church or just tired of missing the ways it used to be let that sink in a little bit. Let, let us realize the parts of our souls and our spirits right now that are tired because of 2020. Tired of the struggles, tired of the protesting, the politics, tired of this all. And we're like, Lord, how, how is this making sense? How is this your plan? How is any of this coming together for your good? And how is this producing something good in us? Right off the bat, let's let Malachi's story, the people in Malachi speak to us. These um, grumbling people, these people who are tired of working so hard, but they've gone sour and are blaming their Lord. See, Malachi is written, is edited around six major disputes, either that God is bringing to Israel or that Israel is bringing to God. You know, they're saying like, God... Where are you? You're not doing your part of this duty. You're not doing what you're supposed to. And God is telling you, you're not doing this and you're not doing this or I'm doing this. And so Malachi is this interesting book that shows God's people wrestling with him and not in a healthy way, but then God challenging them and telling them what he's doing. And out of all of this, Malachi points to this one who is going to come. In, in starting in chapter three, where we read from today. 
And, and our struggle, the struggle that we find ourselves in in our portion of the scripture right now is that the people of Israel are telling God, God, you are you're guilty of neglect. You're not doing anything. Look at all these evil people prospering and you're not doing anything. How is this showing us that you're doing something that you said you would? And so let's turn to our passage today and let's break it down to make it prepare the way for Christ's birth on Christmas morning. Prepare the way for this messenger that Malachi is all about. And the first thing we got to talk about is watch this. Let's read verse 1 again and then take some major observations from it. Verse 1 says this, Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of his covenant of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. The first thing we need to see here is how this even begins. Behold, I send my messenger. This is in the ESV, a much better, much more 2020 translation of that is God saying, you know what? See what I'm about to do. And I love that. I love how this even like starts off. It feels like a challenge. What a great way to start 2020 Advent. God is saying, watch what I'm about to do. Now I'm sending my servant. I'm preparing the way. I'm doing the work. They're coming. Israel's coming to him and say, God, you're so feckless. You're not doing anything. You're not this God who we, told, who we were told you were. You are not the same God that you were with Moses and Abraham and Jacob and all of our forefathers. Lord, what are you doing? This is too much of a mess. And God says, you know what? First thing he says to them is watch what I'm doing. Watch what I'm about to do. The second thing we see here is that this is not an accident, that this is planned. Now, God here is not saying, you know, oh, we're going to stumble our way there. Eventually, this is going to happen. No, but we can uh, rely, put our faith on the line and say, you know, God knows what he's doing. Somehow he's taking all of this into account. Somehow his plan, somehow his intention, somehow his work is, is being accomplished. And it might be slow to us, but God is reassuring us right now. Watch what I'm about to do. He knows when it is that he needs to do everything. He knows this is not an accident. We're not stumbling through world history, human history, but no, God knows what he's doing. He's working his way towards the accomplishing of his plan. This is not by chance. We're not stumbling into this, but God knows what he's doing. And you know what he's doing? He's preparing the way. He says, and he will prepare the way before me. God, this is God telling you and to me. He's saying, no, I'm making the way, for, I'm making your way back to me. Back all the way in Genesis 3, when you fell, I promised you I cursed the snake and I told him there would be enmity between you and, the, and human and the one day you'll crush it. I know what I'm doing. To you might have been taking a long time, but I am the Lord. I know what I'm doing. I'm preparing the way for you to come back to me. I also love how here the next observation is that it'll happen suddenly. How many times in scripture do we hear that God's plans are always sudden? In Jesus' return now, we're told that it's going to be sudden. It says, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. I love how God, God's plan is never what we can expect. It's usually so 
backwards to what we think. And though every time we started this morning saying that every time God's plan is so much better, God, no, he's telling you and me in 2020 and every year that Christians have ever lived, that followers of Christ have ever lived, I know what I'm doing. This is intentional. I'm making things right. And it'll be sudden and you won't expect it. You won't be able to see it. Even in the way that this messenger is coming, will shock us, and we'll talk about that on our Christmas sermon. He's also saying, you know what, this messenger here, he just won't be some random person, but he's going to be a covenantal, he's going to have a covenantal link. He said, and come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. That there's this covenantal link with with this messenger who's coming. That the same story that I started with Adam and Mary, the same story that I picked up with Moses and Noah and Isaac and Abraham and everyone who came before him. This is the same story. This is the same plan of God through human history. This messenger is going to be linked to this story that I've been telling and working through in human history. It might have seemed like it's taking a long time, but I know exactly what I'm doing. This is not an accident, and my plan is going according to plan. This this messenger that will come will take my covenant, and he will continue the story that I'm doing. And you know what? Our last observation in verse 1, he's on his way. He is coming, says the Lord of hosts. It's a reassurance to God's people. You know, anyone who's out there listening, you know what? Don't lose heart. I know what I'm doing. I have this plan. Ever since you were even an idea in your parents, even generations before, before the foundations of the earth, I know what I'm doing. I know my timing is correct. I know that my messenger will come exactly when I want him to. He's on his way. It'll be sudden to you, but I've known this from the beginning of time. And he's going to carry forth my story. He's going to finish my covenant. He's going to be faithful to the story I started in your people and our people as people who believe in the Lord. And this messenger is coming. So look out for him. Watch what I'm about to do in him. I, I, I love how that story just meets us where we're at in 2020. Oh, we, we thought this year was going to come this way. I don't. Now in November, late November, I'm pretty sure no one could have expected any part of this year. But we are still in God's hand. And so let this Advent season breathe hope into your heart. First part of Advent, that we belong to God, that God is sovereign, He is so much bigger, and that His plan is still going out, even though we cannot expect any of this. But you know what? This messenger is on his way. He's telling people here, the Old Testament people, he's on his way. Wait on the Lord. I love how this speaks to where we are right now. But let's continue our sermon today with our second part. What is a fuller? Let's, let's read verse 2. Verse 2 says this, But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and fuller soap. So I, I love how God's saying, you know, my messenger is on the way. I know what I'm doing. I, I have this plan. It's been going out ever way before you. I know what I'm doing. And you know what? This, this, this messenger is coming. He's going to be long to my covenant. He's going to be belong to my plan. He's going to be doing the things that I tell him to do. And, and that's going to be that he's going to come and he's going to refine with a refiner's fire and a fuller soap. 
So I, I love these two questions that he starts asking here. We're not going to answer them today. And in fact, in this series, every week builds on itself until our Christmas Day sermon or our Chris, the Sunday before Christmas. And this, these are two questions that we won't answer today, but we're going to answer before that day. And the first, he starts asking these two questions. Who can endure the, com- the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? I love how poetic God's story is about how he's asking us these questions and it's so unexpected from what he actually does. So let's, let's store those questions away uh, and let's, let's get to the refiner's fire and the fuller soap. I, if you remember back to our first and second Peter sermon series, I, I hope you're still familiar with the refining fire that God promises. You know what? I know what I'm doing. Stick with my plan. Don't let go of Jesus. He, but in the process, you know what he also does? He's taking you and he's refining us. I, I hope the imagery of the refiner's fire is still fresh in your mind that we would allow in this Advent season God to prepare us by refining us, by taking away doubt, by answering our doubts, by us bringing him our questions and saying, Lord, this doesn't make sense. This year has been so rough. And allowing him to burn away those questions with his love, with his answers, time spent with him for us to just let our souls and our spirits rest in his greatness that alone answers so many questions. But he's saying here, you know what? This messenger is going to come, and one of his functions is that he is going to purify and refine. And so we'll leave the refiner's fire imagery there for a second because hopefully it's still familiar in our church and that God promises he's going to do this deep work in taking away the things that we don't need. But I learned a lot this week about this fuller soap. You see, a fuller... Thank you, Wikipedia and the internet for teaching me this. A fuller was someone who worked with cotton. A fuller clean, took cotton, the raw product cotton, dirty and unusable and still extremely raw. And a, what a fuller did was that they cleaned it. They took away all the impurities. They took away everything that should, all the grease and the oil. Remember, cotton in their day came straight from the animal. So it was gross. It had bugs in there. It had living organisms in there that just... We don't want that on our clothes or, or anything else they made with this. But they took it and they kept on refining it. This fuller soap refined it and refined it. And I, and I hope it, we know some of that imagery from the fire, right? It cleaning us, taking away all the impurities, taking away all of the things that we don't need there that aren't helpful, that, won't, that take from the beauty, take from the fullness. But this uh, fuller soap also did one thing that was unique to this metaphor. And I love that Malachi had this on his mind. I I love how the fuller soap both cleaned. It took out the impurities. But in the process of this cleaning process, the cotton becomes thick and strong and usable. Church, let let that speak to us that the, the Messiah was coming and that he would be like a fuller soap taking away our impurities, but not only taking away our impurities, but making us strong, making us people who can stand, making us people who can sit when he comes. That this fuller would come here and and purify us. That he would come here, come to the world personally. We'll talk about that next week. That God himself would come and spend time with his creation and know his creation and love his creation and serve his creation and in the process this messenger would make us whole would make us really human would make us really love him would show that we could trust him would show that this that this god isn't this god that the people of malachi thought he was ineffective slow 
grumpy, angry, but know that he was a God of love, God of presence, a God of patience, who is his mercy to allow us to have time to repent towards him. But that this cotton would also come, like in First and Second Peter we talked about, like the great sequoia imagery, but that he, he would make us strong and be able to stand and be able to face the struggles of this world and not lose our faith or not struggle with our faith and not just have Sunday school answers that mean nothing to us. And really, when we get alone, we're just so stressed out and, and we have no answers. And we're afraid of anyone who would come and ask us a deep question about Jesus because we know we don't have the answers, but that we would be like this fuller soap, be made strong. And cotton at the end of the process could be useful. Because before it wasn't useful, it would have torn, it would have been gross, it would have been dirty, it would have had bugs in there. But then after the process, it would become something that could be used. Used to make something beautiful. Used to become a part of a tapestry, or a robe, or work well with others, or all of these things that this image is. That we would allow God in this Advent season to be our fuller. Cleaning us making us more able to work with people, to love on people, to know who he is, and in the process go out and spread him, his name like never before. I, I, I love that. And let's even take that and, and compound it a little bit more. Let's take it a little bit further with our last part is called restoring the offering. Let's read verse three. But he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. I love this. This is the heart of today's sermon. This is the heart of our Advent message. This, the way we prepare ourselves for the coming of our Lord out of this couple of verses today for our church, for our calling, our charge to get ourselves ready to meet our maker on Christmas morning comes in verse 3. He brings up the, the imagery of refining, right, and purifying again. And I love this. Again, that we will be, ta- all the bad things will be taken out, all of the, the death, the things that God was, that was never meant to be in God's world, the injustice and all the suffering, and that God would do something good out of it. And then he, he goes on and say, and purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. See, this can mean two things. It meant one thing for the people hearing this in Malachi's day, and it means something very different for us today, too. We're we're lucky as New Testament people because we know Christ and we get to make this make sense in the light of Christ. And so for Malachi's readers that day, the sons of Levi's were their priests, were their pastors, were the people at staff, were those who could do the offering. See, one of the disputes God has here with the people of Malachi is that their priests were accepting sick animals, animals with blemishes. And though God doesn't, like, he doesn't need the most beautiful animals for him to forgive our sins, but it was a sign of how callous they were with their Lord. Just like, okay, just give him that gross, raunch one. Just, oh, that lamb, he's almost dead, so, okay, we won't miss him that much. And so it was a sign of their inner ugliness with the Lord, that they didn't care about him forgiving of their sins. They didn't care about his house or, or really worshiping him. To them, this was just something that they had to do. It was religion. Who cares? Just Let's just get it over with. Give God this ugly animal and that meets none of the standards that God gave them. And so for Malachi in his day, it was a very real message against the pastors, you know, and the Levites, the, the priests, is saying, you're letting people not really worship me. 
And so I'm going to take my sons and I'm actually going to refine them. I'm going to make them better. But for us, and for it means something different. Today, the, the better translation for us, the thing that makes most sense for us, is that this is a message for all of us because we are all a royal priesthood. Remember in second, in First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, one of the things that we're called is a royal priesthood, and it's actually something that we're called a couple of times in the New Testament, that we are all priests. So this, this message here is not that, okay, Pedro, Ryan, Carla, the oversight team, Kelvin, our district superintendent, Doug, our assistant super, uh, district superintendent, is, is not all of us. It's not just the people up front, but every single one of us, because every single one of us, when we say yes to Christ, plays a role in telling someone. If we don't know that by now, after our spiritual gift sermon series, then man, we're in trouble. We got to go back. But that you and I, that when we believe in Christ, when we say, Christ, you are our Messiah, and so I'm going to get myself ready to meet you on Christmas, we're also saying, Lord, you know what? I belong to you, so I'm going to let you refine me. I'm going to let you have the say in my life. I'm going to let you take away the things that are a distraction. I'm going to let you take away my character flaws. I'm going to let you press your thumb on me and take out the things that you don't. I'm going to let you make these couple of weeks miserable because you're actually doing something. Or I'm going to, when bad things happen that were not in your will, I'm, I'm going to let you speak to my heart, speak to my wounds and make me strong, just like the fuller. And so in, in this Advent season, in 2020, that we would be people that would say, Lord, I don't understand why this pandemic is happening. Or Lord, we have lost so much. Or we haven't been able to be with the people we love. Or man, I'm just really sad in that we don't get to spend the holidays with our families. Let God enter into our hearts and our souls and work out our woundings. Work out where we are imperfect everywhere. Work out the places where we carry wounding. Work out the places where we know we don't trust the Lord. Work out the places where we, at times, point a finger to God and say, God, I don't understand how you could do this. If you're really who you say you are, how do you let people suffer? How do you let people die? Why do people have to know you? Why do they have to confess Jesus? And if we're honest people, and if we honestly say, Lord, I belong to you. I'm one of your priests. Work this out in me. I'll go into your word, I'll pray, I'll spend time with other believers, I'll ask questions that make me look silly at times because I need to know the answer to this. In this Advent season, would we let God refine us and we would, would we chase after the answers to these questions for us to prepare our hearts and our minds and say, Lord, I want to be ready to celebrate you this year like never before. Uh, but I also love this. This is the lasting promise out of this. The end of verse 3. And they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. See, this messenger, one of the everlasting consequences of him coming, one of the things that will last forever in, in the Messiah's coming, in his birth here, is that he promises to come to be here, to meet us, to be face to face with us, to live in us as New Testament people. Be God here on earth to show us how to live, to take out the things that he knows we don't need. And in the process, you know what that does? It refines us. And what does that really make? You see, Malachi, the people of Malachi, they were so tired of injustice. They were so tired of seeing corrupt people. Laugh. But God was showing them, you know what, Israel, you're corrupt all over the place. 
you you don't even you don't even worship me. Yeah, you do this wrong. You do this wrong. You do this wrong. But you know what? The messenger will come. He'll come with the covenant. He'll come with God's love, and he'll refine us. And in the end, the consequence of that is that we will have a just a righteous offering to give him. So you got Christ comes and he says, "I'm going to work on you," and so then your life will be like an offering to me. And so we'll stop asking questions like, "Lord." How is there so much suffering? How much is there so much injustice? And we'll start asking the question like, Lord, what can I do about it? We won't be pointing our fingers at God anymore. God, how could you let this happen? God's saying, you know what? I came to you. I live in you. How are you letting this happen? You, you're angry about homelessness. What are you doing about homelessness? How many homeless people do you know? Oh, you're really angry about world hunger. How many people are you feeding? Or you're really angry about this. What are you doing this? I'm here with you. I live in you. I'm come here in my temple, like he says here. What are you doing about this? And then in the process of letting him refine us, he restores our offering because we start to live better lives for him. We start to live lives that embody his justice. We start to live lives that care about the people that he cared about, that he tells us so many, so many times in scripture and will tell us again next week. And one of the things about this, the coming of the messenger is that he'll make us live the lives that we were meant to live all along. That we will care about injustice, not more than just saying it or empty words or empty gestures or empty feelings, but how they'll become full because we'll do something about them. We'll be so refined that we'll actually start to live these lives that produce an offering that he really wants. And we won't be like a church who just wants an outreach and then does nothing. Or we won't be people who, who say with our words that we want to know Christ, but that we will be a church in 2021 that chases after Christ and does things for him and allows people to come to him for the first time because we're showing them Christ all the time. And so in this Advent series, let's let the example of the people in Malachi's day speak to us. People who are tired and angry and pointing their finger at the Lord. And the Lord saying, you know what, I'm, soon I'm going to send my messenger. I know exactly what I'm doing. One of the things he's going to do is refine your life and you'll actually be able to live a life that's like an offering to me. And so let's, I, can, I can spend all day here. Let's go towards a conclusion to make sense of all of this together. And so church, to wrap up today's message, the first part of our Malachi Advent is that God promises to do two things. That this Advent season for our church, for our people, for our tribe, means at least these two things. And the first is a restoration of us as people. That God will come, that God promises that he'll send his messenger who came, who lived his life and showed us and then gave us his spirit so that we could do the same. And so we have a Lord who cares about purifying us, who loves us and promises to be with us. And the second thing that we see here is a, rest, is a call to restoration of society, of justice in society, that God wants to restore our offering back to him. So you know what? It's not about empty gestures. It's not about saying you want to be with me and then not reading scripture or falling asleep after you pray. It's not about wanting something but doing nothing about the but God saying, you know what, if you really know me, if you're part of my remnant, if you're part of the people who will remember me, live for me, 
If you're part of the people in this Advent season who say, Lord, I want 2020 Christmas to mean something new and special. I want to experience you like never before. I want to celebrate your birth like I never have in my life. Then we'll actually go after it. That we'll actually care about justice and do something. That we'll find our callings and work towards them to build one another up, to generate faith to see the miraculous happen, or even just to do everyday normal things to help someone else. So in, in this Advent season, I, I pray that this is a season that our, all of us are saying, Lord, I want you to work in me. I want this fuller soap to make me strong because I want to give you an offering that you asked for. I want to live this life that you've called me to live, that I, I want to know my specific calling why you've put me on this planet, why you've redeemed me and who I need to go tell. I want, you, I want that to be known to me so that I can go do it in 2021. I don't want to be tired. I don't want to be grumpy. I don't want to be like the Malachi people of that day who are just pointing fingers at you. But I want to see what you're doing. I want to see what your messenger did here and how that, what that means for me in my life. And so to do that, I, I also felt that in this Advent season, we needed to remember how good our Lord is, how big He is, how just He is. Sometimes we need a, a reminder that God is holy, that He is so other than us. So I want to read from Isaiah 40, and I pray that in this Advent season, this is a verse that you come back to often to remind yourself that you don't serve a little God, you don't serve someone who's like you or me, but that we live for and we are awaiting a great God, a big God, a God who we don't even can't understand. And so here's Isaiah 40, verses 12 to 14. God's word says this, remember who we are chasing after this Advent season. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord, or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult, and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice, and taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. He is, his understanding is unsearchable. Church, I pray that this Advent season is extremely practical and that we let God take away some things in our lives that shouldn't be there. But I also pray that this Advent season be like a season like no other where we are reminded about this great God who holds all of creation in his hand, who holds all the unfathomably big things and all of the smallest details that ever happen. And as we, we search and prepare ourselves for the coming of our, this messenger, this holy Messiah, our King, the one who is our Savior. So let me, let me pray for us that we enter into this Advent season and we, we be, this whole month, people who are standing with their hands up saying, Lord, me, do this work in me. Get me ready. Let me be able to enjoy this day like never before. Let me be able to grasp your wonders like never before. Let me be able on Christmas morning to tell everyone about my saving Christ no matter what that means for me, how I, if I look silly or not. And so, church, if we are just the people who say, have our hands up this whole month, 26 days, 
say, Jesus, get me ready. I want to experience your birth like never before. I think God will be faithful, just like he was to Malachi, even though they did not think he was. And so let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you for this day again. I pray that we become a people who are so consumed by you, your refining fire, of people who let you wash us with your soap so thoroughly, Lord, that we become strong, that we become unmovable, that we become so confident in our faith and place in you, Lord, that we chase after you in this Advent season and prepare room in our heart and our spirit and our mind in our soul, Lord, like never before, so that you would refine us, so that you would tell us what we need to do, so that you would restore an offering back in us that will change our lives and others. Lord, we so long to be with you. Let that be a statement that we live out like never before, and not just something that we say because we know it's right. Lord, do a deep work in us. Prepare us for your coming. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church. So I have a couple of prompt questions for us, but check with your MC leaders because uh, I don't know if all the groups are meeting right after church. So maybe MC leaders, if you drop something in the comments right now, if you're meeting or not, if you haven't dropped an email yet, but even if you're not meeting in your calls right after church, let these prompt questions be questions that you come back to this week or in these next couple of weeks to see what it is that we need to do to prepare ourselves for the coming of, our, of Christ on Christmas morning. The first question is, have you celebrated Advent in the past? If yes, how? I know that for some, Advent is this super cherished time in the year where family gets together daily to pray and read scripture. If that's you, let's hear about those experiences. Why is Advent so sweet for you? And what, does, what has it meant to you your whole life? Prompt question number two. How does this understanding of Malachi grow your understanding of Advent? As we're getting ready, preparing ourselves for the coming of our Lord, what does this picture of the people in Malachi's day speak to us in 2020 saying, Lord, we're tired. We're tired just like them. Life is beating us down. But how in this Advent season can we be built up? Prompt question number three. How are you going to prepare yourself for Christmas in a new way this year? I hope some of these answers are extremely practical, like pray, pray every day, read scripture every day, call someone and read, pray with them, join the prayer calls, go to every MC, something like that. But I also pray that there's some expectation building that you get to experience the birth of Christ like never before. Church, I love you so much, and let's let this Advent season speak something special to the life of our church this year, like it never has before. I love you all. We'll be, to get, be together soon. Next week, we're taking communion, so come with your bread and your juice, and we will remember what the Lord did. I love you so much, and I'll see you soon.